well, just a few weeks ago, I did something on how to know God's will, and I did part one. So it's natural that I would do part two this time. So I'm sure you remembered all about what was part one. It kind of divided up with part one being God's universal will for everyone. And I kind of compared it to an umbrella. With the umbrella being God's universal will, as long as you're under it, you're okay. It's kind of like an umbrella in the rain. It comes off the side and you're okay if you're under it. And I'm sure you remember all the things that make up God's universal will. Uh, and this isn't, um, I'm sure there's more than just the list that I gave because I was under time constraint. <laughs> constraint. Uh, God wants everybody to be holy. He wants everyone to have salvation. He wants everyone to repent. He wants everybody to be included in his people and his servants, his disciples. He wants mercy to everyone. He wants everyone to have thankfulness. He wants all of us to serve and please him. Uh, also, a part of the universal will would be any of the positive or the negative commands uh, in the scriptures to follow those. And then godly wisdom, uh, which I got from 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, and Galatians 5, 22 through 25, which includes sincerity, peaceable, gentle, full of good works. So those are the things that if you're trying to make a decision, no matter who you are, what, the, what it is, these are the things that God wants you to consider in anything you do or any decision you make. But there are some individual decisions we make that becomes um, with some little more criteria that we can look at to make those individual decisions. It'd be nice if you're trying to decide who should I marry, and you go to the index of the Bible, and you go to the M's of marriage, and it tells you, oh, go to Hezekiah 26, 14, and it tells you there that person's name. We know that's not true. It doesn't happen. Or where should I live? I would go in the index and look under L. And again, of course, it's Hezekiah, the 25th chapter, the third verse. And it tells you where you should live. Or if you wanted to uh, um, know what, they, what vocation does God want me to be in, look under the V's, vocation. Ah, there we go. And again, our good old book, Hezekiah, and it's chapter 32, uh, chapter 32, verse 14. Of course, all y'all knew that already, I guess. Um, so well, why didn't God just give us specific things that he wants us to do? Well, sometimes we forget that they might not make as big a difference to God as they do to us. Um, you know, will God withhold his blessings from us if we pick the wrong thing? Or pick one thing over another. Um, the idea of a one and only decision and uh, God having a blueprint for life for us uh, is not in the scriptures. It's not in the New Testament teaching. Instead of that, God kind of points us in the right direction. Um, so, us that have been married for a long time might find it hard to believe 
and I fall in that category. Um, might find it hard to believe that we could have married someone else and had a happy life and been within God's will. After 40, almost 48 years, uh, I'm like, wow, I, mm, I can't imagine it, you know, but I don't think God has just one certain person picked out um, that would only be acceptable. And if we don't pick them, then we're outside his will. I don't think God plays hide and seek with us. He has one decision. And then if we don't make that, then he's just looking out from heaven and just, it's like a game we play when we are kids or when we have kids or grandkids, we play along with them and we hide something. It's, oh, you're getting warm. You're getting warmer. You're getting cold now. That kind of thing. Don't think God does that with us. Uh, he doesn't hide something from us and just give us one choice. Uh, he leads us, but I don't think he just has one certain thing. And that we continue to search for that right choice all through our lives. Um, because then there's always a chance then at the end of life, God could say, you know, you blew it. You didn't find that one right choice that I had for you. I don't see God doing that. It doesn't fit with scripture. Uh, God's will for our life is not a detailed road map like a GPS system where it tells you in five tenths of a mile, turn right onto the motorway and then go 3.6 miles and then turn left, veer off to the left and stay in the left lane and that kind of thing. Uh, it's not like that. Every move and every turn in life, he didn't, he doesn't force on us. Um, he's more like a compass that he guides us in the right direction uh, towards which our lives need to be pointed, the right way to go. Uh, you know, you know, whether we choose college A or college B, we could still be totally within God's will. Um, when I graduated from high school, I must have fooled a bunch of people because I was accepted at five schools. And I chose East Carolina University. I'm a pirate fan. And, but if I had chose one of the other schools, would I have been just as much within his world will as if I was at East Carolina? Um, I don't think so. Um, I think. I was within God's universal will when I chose ECU. Uh, you know, I don't think we're any less in God's will when we're sleeping than in when we're talking about Jesus to someone. Um, if we're if we're loving God and living under His umbrella of His universal will, then that's an integral part of our lives. And it will guide us in what we should do. Uh, God is not so small that he can only bless us if we make one certain decision. We serve a big God. We box him in sometimes, but we serve a really, really big God who is able to do anything. Um, and he moves with us and he participates with us. And as long as we're under his universal will, he's there for us and he's there with us. Um, Christianity isn't a mindless religion. God wants us to use our minds. He wants us to make decisions. 
He didn't build robots. He gives us freedom. Um, so that's where the, this part two comes in with some individual decisions and what some things that could fit into those. Uh, one of them is just general principles. Anything the scripture has to say, uh, that should be a part of our decision making. Which means that puts a lot of burden on us that we need to study the scripture and know the scripture. We, the more we do, the more we automatically make decisions that will please God. Another thing to consider is our charisma. That's a word we don't use a lot, but we all have charisma. Some of us might have more than others, but we all have charisma. And it refers to our God-given talents and abilities. Um, and we should function and make decisions based on our own charisma. Uh, God doesn't want us to make a decision that would violate our, our charisma. That's not who he is. Um, we're told in the New Testament that we use our individual charismas to serve as the body of Christ. We each have different things, we put them together and it makes us a, a whole body, a real, real functioning body. Um, so how do you know what yours is? I've done a lot of those tests where they give you these things and you circle in the blocks and then at the end, you put it on the score thing and it tells you what your talents and abilities are. Some of them I thought, yeah, that's pretty good. And then some of them looked at and thought, mm, I don't see that. <laughs> you know, um, there are several things I think that will help us to determine that. One is interest. Anything we spend time doing should be exciting to us. It should hold our interest. Otherwise, it can become a waste of time if we're not interested in it. A second thing is our ability. Can you do it? Uh, can you begin and complete it with efficiency and with a, a sense of accomplishment? Um, I'm a musician, but a lead singer, I am not. I wish I were. My mother wished I were. She was, and she tried everything <laughs> to uh, give me all her musical talents and hope that I could sing. And but didn't work. I can do background. I have about a five note range. I use what I got. <laughs> um, so you want to be something that you are able to do. Sometimes we have to experiment. You have to try things to see, can I really do this? And it just takes some experimentation. Uh, trial and error isn't always a bad thing. Uh, seek the advice of people you trust. Uh, sometimes others can see things in us that we don't see ourselves. And so, you know, seek the, the counsel of godly people. You know, godly is a good part of that because if you seek the wisdom of people that aren't Christians, then you might be sent the wrong way. So you want to do that. Um, Satisfaction. Do you get, 
you get satisfaction, personal satisfaction in this kind of service. Uh, God doesn't want us to dislike what you do for him. There are some ministries that I have occasionally done that I knew just weren't me. They didn't satisfy me. They weren't interested to me. And there wasn't anything against them because they're very important things. Um, one of those is uh, nursing homes. I'm just not good in ministry at nursing homes. It, it's, I'm just not. I know that. I've tried it a bunch of times. Just not. Um, it's not my thing. No, so God didn't bless me in that way. He blessed me in a lot of other ways. So uh, I, didn't, I didn't feel real satisfied when I come out. I felt more of a failure <laughs> when I came out from doing those things. Uh, you know, God doesn't want us to dislike what we do for him. He says to be personal sacrifice, but that doesn't mean that um, you have to dislike what you do for God. He wants us to be a living sacrifice, not just a sacrifice, uh, to be excited about our service for him. He wants us to enjoy living, uh, and that I do. I enjoy living. Um, Let's see. Uh, feelings and desires. Now, it's not a good place to start because feelings aren't always correct. So, but it's, but it's important in seeing what our charisma is, is feelings and desires. There's been a lot of people that are miserable because they, they thought they should take a certain job or perform a certain job or some certain service and then found out it just wasn't part of them, wasn't part of their charisma. So that's a good way to make some determinations. Uh, shouldn't just do something because you you feel like you should do it, which is why, why I went to the nursing homes. Um, uh, another one is uh, common sense. Common sense can eliminate a lot of problems. We can use common sense and it saves us a lot of heartache a lot of times. Uh, Jesus praised people who had common sense in their decision-making in uh, Luke 16 and Matthew 16. Um, so common sense is one of the ways, one of the things we could use in determining what is God's will. And then trusting God. We, we make our decisions trusting that God blesses us in our decision when we have made decisions based on his word and on things criteria and then prayer uh, prayer is very important uh, i am a big believer in prayer probably the only reason i'm still here is because uh, of prayers so keep praying keep praying because i like to stay a lot longer um, God, I've seen God work in times where he has orchestrated things uh, to make things happen that I think he wanted to happen. You know, sometimes it's looking back on them that uh, you see things happen. Uh, but there's a result of prayers. So those are things that we need to keep in consideration about doing God's will and uh, being within his will. 
simple things. Sometimes they're harder than it sounds like, but just some biblical things. The more we study the scripture, like I said, that's the key to it. Then the more we can apply those things to our lives, especially with the help of other people, other Christians. You know, we, are, we should be a fellowship together, virtual or in-person, six feet apart. Uh, gathering of Christians is very important. Uh, so that's the things I saw as the uh, part two of how do you know God's will and how should it direct you in making decisions.